0: I think it's it's certainly a word that applies into my heart um, and I think maybe into many others. But as I was worshipping, um, just a, a very simple line that we are meant to live in peace. We were made to live in a peaceful place. And I think we've become so used to angst. We've become so used to busyness, we've become so used to anxiety, we medicate it, we, am not again saying those things are wrong, but we have grown so accustomed to a life of hurry, of rushing, of anxiety, that when we go on holiday and we have moments of peace, we get sick. Lots of guys I know, when they when they come down, and many women too, when they come from a period of significant stress there's an actual physical body response and i just i want to read over us matthew 6 again um jesus's famous text but i want to just remind us that what god has called us to never cannibalizes other things that he's called us to so for example in my life what god's called me to do as a pastor should never cannibalize my family That he's called me to lead. And when it does, it's not a problem with the Word of God, it's a problem with me. When my choices and our decisions lead to a place of anxiety and stress. And I'm not talking about short seasons, right? We all know there's seasons, but I'm talking about ongoing, perpetual lives lived at full pace without peace, with a lot of angst, with a lot of anxiety. God never made those things to cannibalize each other. You can know that for sure. So then you've got to stop and say, right, which, what am I doing wrong, God? What am, I, what am I missing? Let me read this over us. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. This verse is like up there with the one that's like, don't sin. <laughs> yes, but how? Yes, but how? And then Jesus carries on mercifully and says, don't worry about your life. Don't worry about what you will eat. Don't worry about what you will drink. Nor about your body, what you will put on. These are the fundamentals. This is not the frills, guys. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Now, this is the part I want you to listen. Look at the birds. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? One hope, anyone visiting this morning, can I ask you that? Are you not more valuable than that bird? I don't know if you heard that bird just chirping just now. Are you not more valuable to the Father? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider of God what does that mean the purposes of God the ways of God the things that God would have us pursue seek those things first and that's not just church guys that's godly children that's healthy homes that's healthy work rhythms that's saying no to your boss who's unreasonable seek first that's the kingdom of God don't think mission trip to Sudan think my life seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow for tomorrow will be anxious for itself how true is that sufficient for the day is its own troubles and the, the prophetic sense that I have this morning is that I actually want to war over families I want to war over you I want to I want to pray just now and I'm going to ask just you to respond if this resonates with you but guys I, I have a sense in my heart that we are going to lose the next generation we're going to lose our children if we don't make adjustments to our lives they will not follow jesus if we do not disciple them i'm not proclaiming that as some dreadful thing over us right Hear what hear what i'm trying to say not what i'm not saying we need to stop husbands fathers in the home young men getting ready to get married Maybe you'll never get married and you live your singleness glorifying God, wonderful, all of those things. But we've got to stop and now begin to build in rhythms that are sustainable into our lives. We cannot expect children to grow up in homes with absent parents and to grow up loving us and loving Jesus. And so I feel like this morning I want to war. I want to actually intervene in our lives and say, please, please can we take heed of the word of God. Can I pray for us? I want to say more, but Father, Lord, I'm the first this morning to pick my hand up and to say I'm sorry, God. I'm sorry, Lord, we're out of my own deficiency. I've tried to spin the wheels of my life where I've longed for affirmation from people. And so I've tried to prove that I'm enough by working too hard, by pushing the boundaries, by feeling some sort of virtue In working long hours or telling people how busy I am. Father, I want to repent. I want to repent, Lord. And I want to ask for a return to our first sheep. Those that you've called us to. Those husbands and moms in the room. Wives and husbands in the room. Father, to one another and to our children first. Before anything else. That's our first call. I want to say I'm sorry, Lord. And I want to ask for your help because, God, it's so complicated. This world is just fast and hurried. And my diary is so packed. And we run from one thing to the next thing. And we feel stuck between a rock and a hard place because everyone else is doing it. So what happens if we stop? But, Father, we also have this nagging betrayal in our own hearts that tells us that something is wrong something is amiss we have no peace constant anxiety constant angst and we look at your word and it like a mirror reflects back to us so clearly that this is not how you made us this is not the story that you speak over our lives And this morning, Father, I want to ask for a fresh resolve in hearts. Hearts just about to enter the the marketplace. Just having conversations this week with some of our young adults. Applying for their first jobs. Father, from the very beginning, would you build these foundations? For some of us, for 20 plus years, we've been building poorly. We need so much help, Lord, to come and figure out how to change that we commit to you again this morning lord come see our hearts come see our intentions and help us we need you jesus
1: thanks paul thanks for the to the band for leading us this morning and um, yeah i really just want to echo that welcome so good to see you all thanks to everyone who came through this morning um, yeah, it's just really great to be together. What a what a blessing and what a joy and what a privilege. Um, yeah, is there anyone still needing seats? There's a couple here up front in the scary row. <laughs> great. Guys, so um, yeah, we just want to open up the floor now to anyone who would like to share something. Uh, it was so beautiful. Thanks, Paul, for initiating that this morning, and just hearing everyone's different voices and revelations of God from Scripture, and and what just hearing that prayed out and read out, um, and just being reminded of the power that we have to build one another up and encourage one another, and just as we've been doing that series on the gifts, how all of these things are are for the the upbuilding and encouragement of the body. So. Just be encouraged that you can bring something that can encourage someone else this morning. And as you share your testimony, people will be strengthened and blessed by it. Um, So yeah, here's the mic. (laughs) Come and share.
2: The first brave one, David Bates says. Oh, that you, bro? <laughs> Okay, we'll start with tears. Um, <laughs> good morning. I'll be short, so I won't cry. Okay, guys, please, if you do have a testimony, please, like, get ready to come up, because it's going to be awkward if I'm, like, finished, Okay. Um, So yeah, uh, very brief, but just Jesus has been super kind. If any of you have made the mistake of asking me how my job's going this weekend and (laughs) been on the bad end of about an hour of me explaining that, I'm sorry, but God has just been super kind. So I uh, um, stepped off staff in April and found a job amazingly, super quickly with an incredible company, Um, church staff, yeah, sorry, church staff still leading and things like that. Um, But yeah, God has been super kind. And I suppose the testimony is that I've been there six months and just had ridiculous favor, especially with the directors and the executive team. And um, uh, I'll take another hour if I carry on, but let me say one thing. And it was just reflected on Friday. So we had like our strategic alignment day. It's like a big thing, you know, everyone comes together and Like, this is where we're going, and we're going to take over the world, and whatever. And there were basically four people who had platform on that day, and I was one of them, and I've only been there six months. They gave me, like, a whole big slot to kind of say what we're up to for the next while, and so on. So God has just been super, super kind. And there's a whole bunch of people now I work with who don't know Jesus, so I get to hang out with them and talk to them about things that matter, truly matter, beyond just earning a little bit more money and, like, doing some things that won't last forever. Um, So it's, yeah, it's just been an incredible opportunity <laughs> Sorry, that was supposed to be encouraging, but maybe it wasn't. <laughs> okay, good. So if you work with these people who don't know Jesus, it's awesome, guys. If you work on staff, everyone knows Jesus. It's like, you know, We've got to work hard to find opportunities to have conversations on church staff. But, um, so that's just been amazing. God has been super, super kind and opened up a whole new skill set for me, which I just didn't really even know existed, and I really believe can be a great blessing to local churches, um, yeah, I suppose across our whole advanced movement, etc. So, God has been kind, and I just want to praise Him for that. And yeah, looking forward to what future work looks like. So, who's next? Told you to get ready. Can't be my wife. No, you can't go next. <laughs> oh, you can. Okay.
3: <laughs> can be your wife. Um, my voice is is gone a bit, so excuse my voice. Um, but it was funny because Bates and I were talking about what testimonies we could share and I was like what like can we just share all of them (laughs) how many can we not share Um, so yeah there's a lot to share but um, this little person here is a little miracle which we're grateful for Um, and then I've just come out of uh, 14 days in in hospital which could have ended very badly I had a, a gallbladder surgery go very wrong Um, and had a feeding tube and drains and drips and um, lots of stuff. So that put a lot of pressure on us. But um, just in that, reminded again that in the valleys, I hear God the most clear, um, and I'm actually super grateful for it. So I've learned to not hate the trials, but actually be quite... um, yeah, just concentrating on hearing God's voice. Um, and then another funny story. Oh, the, the testimony is that I'm, I'm here and I'm good. <laughs> um, and then another really funny story. My sister um, is pregnant and um, she's having a little girl and she's one of those people who won't tell me her baby's name until the baby's born. I don't like those people. Um, so she says, no, but we're not telling anyone. And I keep on saying, I'm not anyone. I'm your sister, you know. But anyway, she won't tell me. So I said to her, how am I supposed to pray for your baby by name? I can't pray for her by name if I don't know her name. And um, anyway, she's, she's literally having her baby, like, in a few days' time. So it's been nine months. Um, and I've, I just made up a name for this baby um, so that I could just pray for her by name. And it rhymes, the first name and the second name, it rhymes, like a joke, you know. Um, And I took my sister for lunch for her birthday last week. And I was joking and I said to her, well, I've just been praying for your baby, you know, this is her name. And uh, she almost choked on her food because that is actually her name. (laughs) So, um, yeah, funny. I haven't even told Bates her name because my sister says, you can't tell anyone. Um, But, so that is her name. So... I was so encouraged and she was encouraged because God's called her baby by name Um, and I was encouraged because I was in a a time of actually just doubting what God had told us Um, not doubting but the devil's trying to make me doubt what God's told us about our our daughter that we're going to adopt it's been a two year process but um, just like being so encouraged that even when I think I'm making up a joke God actually speaks Um, and that's the most random name ever um, <laughs> beautiful. Now that I think about it, it's beautiful. But um, when I was, I was. It was actually a joke. But it actually, actually, it's a beautiful name. Um, but he speaks whether we like are sitting down with a pen and paper or not. Um, so we've got to be just attentive to his voice.
4: So for those of you who don't know, my wife and I, Karen and myself, we've been a part of New Gen Somerset West for 23 years. And in the last year and a half with COVID, it's been quite a discouraging time for me. And during this weekend, um, I had a picture of a salt pot which was a little bit clogged. You know, if you get a little bit of moisture into a salt, you can't get it out. what people do is they either bang it on, a, on the table or they try and stick it open with a, a, a toothpick or something, but it doesn't work properly. And I thought, who was this picture for? And it turned out it was for me. <laughs> and um, basically what, what's happened here is that I think that for us, we've been now with one of since May, since Karen came on staff. Um, it happened in COVID, so it hasn't been an easy transition but suddenly, I'm looking at your face and I'm thinking, this is our family. It's like, wow. And, and this camp has just opened up that salt pot for me. And this is what God, if you just allow God, that's why the, the scripture with God being the potter and we being the clay, we have to allow God to work in our hearts and our minds. And Paul mentioned earlier on about the, the busyness of life. I can say I'm very busy. And, and that's not to say, look at me, I'm busy. It is a fact, and you can allow the world to dictate to you what God doesn't want for you. And so my encouragement to you is, allow God to work in your heart, to work in your mind, to make the the adjustments in your life, in your family, in your career, for the sake of the kingdom. And so, yes, maybe you're also a salt pot that's a little bit clogged up. Um, Go to God for it. Cool. So, great camp. It's been an amazing family time. It really has been well well done to everybody.
5: Hi. Um, So you guys are probably gonna hear this from me every year. Um, Well, I I say that in hope and um, faith, Um, but a week ago I celebrated four years seizure-free And just when Paula was speaking earlier about the anxiousness, for those who don't know, I was epileptic um, from age six. And when I was 18, the seizures got worse, and I finally went to an epileptologist who looked into the the triggers for my seizure, which is not something we even knew was a thing. We didn't know that seizures were triggered by things. We thought they were random. Um, And my trigger was stress, anxiety. And so any... When Paul says about people feeling sick after seizures, I would be a flopping mess on the floor. (laughs) Um, And yeah, I'm four years seizure-free now. Uh, I celebrated. But really all glory to God in that. um, It was not by anything that any man or any human did. It is really all um, from God. And so I really want to stress what Paul said about the anxiety, about being anxious, about stressing. We, I used to wear my stress and anxiousness as a badge of honor. It was, I'm, I'm so anxious, I'm so stressed, It's, you know, because I'm working so hard. And that it really is a, a very toxic mindset. And in my life, I had to see the, the outworking. My parents had to watch the outworking of anxiousness in a horrific way. Um, and so, for parents, um, don't educate your kids that being anxious and stressed is something to strive for. Um, just really burdened on my heart with that um, but yeah Oh, thank you. oh okay um, so how the how are you okay um. So for those who couldn't hear Paul, you he asked me just to share a bit on how I faced that. Um, a big part of it was uh, dealing with pride. Of um, A lot of my anxiousness came from my inability to ask people to help, um, to share burden. To I, I kind of had this thing of you have to do it yourself or you haven't succeeded. Um, just growing up with that mindset, my parents don't, I love them dearly, my parents don't really ask people for help. Um, they, they, they'll they ask each other and they'll ask some certain people, but going out of your trusted circle is just not a thing you do. And I think majority of the people I've grown up with and known will say the same thing. You don't ask people for a lift. It's inconveniencing them. And, yeah. Um, there was medication that I was taking. Um, we tried lots of different ones. Some worked. Some made it worse. Um, but through... That whole drama um, of trying all the different things, we did find something that was kind of working, but then every two months or so I'd still have a seizure. And it came to a point where I... um, My last... So on the 16th of October in 2017, yeah, was the last seizure, and I had two that day, which was really uncommon for me. I normally would only have one in a day. I wouldn't have... So I had one in the morning, one in the evening, and that evening... It was raining <laughs> and I was angry with God. I was kind of like, you say that you want to give me peace and yet you give me this. And I, I was blaming him and I was, I kind of just threw all of his promises in his face and I said, why do you promise these things and you don't follow through on them? And I had this thing of, because you don't trust me. You actually don't believe that I'm going to do that anyway. So why should I? Um, and it was this kind of moment of, ooh, you know, I don't. I say that I want God's peace, but I, I don't actually believe that he would come and bring me his peace. I, I, don't, I don't show that authentic, like, I'm struggling to those around me. Um, I don't trust that anyone else would help me. And, it, yeah, I'm just reiterating the same thing. Um, but it was a moment of finally being on my knees, in my lowest low of disappointment, my butt after seizures, your body is sore, your brain is sore. You're confused. You're disappointed. You're angry. You're sad. You're—it's horrible. Um, and I just kind of said, "Fine. I trust you. I—I I give it to you. It's now for you to do it. It's not for me to get the right medication. It's not for me to get the right practice in my day of, um, you know, when I do this and how I do this and." And how I avoid driving or showering or bathing, or because of all of those. Uh, if you have seizures in those kind of situations, it's really dangerous. Um, and it wasn't about bubble wrapping my life, it was about trusting that if the worst came to worst, he would still be good. He would still be with me in it. If I, yeah, and it was that kind of mindset going through my life. And it's especially in the past year when horrible things have happened, and I've had this fear of, you know, the worst-case scenario, I've had to just rest in the fact that if my worst-case scenario happens, God is still there in it. He is not leaving me alone in that, and that is what gets me through it. And, yeah, so...
6: <laughs> is it wrong? So I wasn't planning to share, I... I I think I don't have much to share, but um, when it's Megan, I, I'm terrible with names. So she was to- talking about trust. Um, it just sort of stirred something in my heart. Um, so our family has been through through, through trials, and um, yeah, my my mum uh, passed away in 2018 from cancer. Um, Riley's mum is very close to to going the same way. Um been struggle at work and and I just sort of sat there and said, Lord what, um am I trusting you? Um and I I I was reminded when I was in Standard Eight, um I went to a CS via Compjewit. I've heard of Kenny Stands for Christelijke Studentenvereniging. But anyway, we went there close to Margate, what is it? Sprite um, And there's a song by David Mee, so that gives my age away. But it's, it's about learning to trust, you know, and through my life, I've trusted God in every situation Every time he's come through But just lately I sort of struggle With that um, so funny this morning um, And he went We have a, like a rope Big massive Yellow wood tree Probably why we bought that place That's <laughs> taking up all my effort But um, <laughs> And stress And all these things but I put it on the rope, and as I swung it, I was still busy to sw- swing it, and then the rope broke. And I said, Wow, well, God, that's the perfect time for a rope to break while you have somebody. And I think, now that I think about it, it's a good example of God. You know, in that breaking, is there, sort of. And I. Annie is distraught. My rope break and we can, It's now broken. It's terrible. The end of the world. And I tell her, but I'll fix it. And and she, know I can fix stuff. You know. Other times she would say like, my dad can fix anything. But she said, you know, I had to tell her, we'll get a coloured rope. And then you know things changed. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I just. I just have a sense that we all need to continue to trust God, no no matter what the situation Yeah. So, thanks.
7: I might cry. Um, Just a fun little testimony. Um, When Terrence said that we needed to memorize our scriptures and then ask the Holy Spirit who to share it to, I was like, yeah, who... And then I was, um, I left for a bit and I went to help a friend in town and I was filling up my car and then the Holy Spirit was like, you can tell your verse to the car God or the um, guy helping me. And I was like, mm-mm. And it was so awkward, we were just kind of not really speaking to each other, just... And then I was like, this, I can't make a conversation. And then he started, he's like, oh, CX, I'm from Nice. And I was like, oh, I'm from Plates. And I was like, okay, now I can. <laughs> so I did. So that was cool. Um, cool that I remembered it. Um, so that was like practical. Um, and then Steph and Kaz spoke to us yesterday. And Steph mentioned something about like a firstness experience where you um, just have like you're in a new environment. So he spoke about going to like for a run in the mountains in Stellenbosch. And I related to that a lot, like I um, really experienced the Lord and the Holy Spirit in nature, and um, I get like overjoyed. So um, when we had free time, Guy and I actually went for a cycle, and there was a moment where I was like, how good do you feel out of 10? And I was like, I'm 11, and I just, I did have that moment. And then Steph spoke about that like firstness experience, and we were on the topic of, five things that like are terrible for us students to hear and it was like you're going to die um yeah and two years ago I was in a bad car accident and I almost died <laughs> and there was just something that he said that like my spirit needed to hear and I can't exp- I can't remember the words but like What he said just like touched my spirit. It was like such a healing from the Lord about death. Um, And I've been working through it this year. It's like almost I've had like PTSD. So it was really cool. And like, I wish I could remember, I wish I could bring it into my cognition of what he said, but it was around that firstness experience and how um, these little moments we have on earth, they're just giving us a taste of like eternity. And it was just really healing. So it's been cool.
8: <laughs> my name is Silva. Um, it was sent in my plans to be here, but some amazing people—they really forced me to come here. <laughs> Thank you, Stephen. <laughs> Thank you, Nathan. I feel like I'm shaking, I have to (laughs) breathe three times. (laughs) For me to be here, it wasn't in my plans. I never, I'm sorry about my English, I'm doing my best. (laughs) It wasn't in my plan to be in Stellenbosch. I never knew nobody in Bosch. This wasn't in my plans. I was in the trials, making bad decisions, and also hating God. For me, God scripture, it was some of the things people use to dominate the wicked one. But with time, And how things happened, it was just impossible for me to deny God's existence. And also, it's going to be a reminder. I remember about, about the pastor preaching about members in one body. See, it also reminds to everyone here to know what he has been called to do. Yesterday, my verse was saying, as we are God's and the work created in Christ Jesus to do good work, which God um, prepared in advance for us to do. If the guy, the shy guy, Jake, didn't want to share or to talk to me about Jesus, I couldn't be here. See? The guy came to me, and I was even rude. I don't believe in it. But it was the same person who shared to me about God, and then we met up with Bates, they were preaching me, you can feel like uh, God is here. And today, I can stand here and I can say, yes, God exists. But there's something very strong I'm going to, to share is sometimes we accept God, but also how to surrender. This is also difficult. This is one of my last week at Tammy and Stellenbosch, I think. Um, I'm asking myself, I'm struggling about my football, my passion. I have been loving this since when I was a kid, all my hope, all my strength is there, all my focus is there. I'm reading the Bible and knowing about God, and I think like God wants to take it away from me. <laughs> no, I won't. But deep inside of me, I'm asking if I'm building My house, myself, what is the importance of that house if there is no God? I have the idea, I don't know how to express it in English, I'm just trying, trying to do my best, but it's in Psalm 1 to 7. So, I can do football, I can do my career getting money, many things, but after that, Where will I go? This is what is important, and it's also the goal of every Christian. What is the purpose of life? The purpose of life is not just your business is doing well or anything, but the purpose of life is to have a relationship with God, because everything will pass one day. So, I want to thank everyone because if I'm here in Stellenbosch, this time, so many people give to me love, Nathan, it's hard because I want the church to wake up because there is so many people who are suffering, all they need is just someone to talk to them about Jesus. All they need is just someone to give them some love. There is some people, some little child, they killed their parents in the war. Most of them are refugees, are fighting. Some are into prostitution. They are abusing them. They're hopeless, but all they want to is but the word of God. They want just some people to give them that love. As a family. I remember (laughs) speaking to Stephen. I said to him, I want going there because I'm gonna feel lonely. (laughs) Family. <laughs> I don't wanna see it for myself. <laughs> it's hard sometimes because <laughs> there's many people who are killing themselves because they want just some people to give to give them that love, to care about them. And just to hear that God loves you, because they're very hopeless. So if I found grace to God, I don't want it only for me, but for most of people. So if you have a gift of evangelize, just do it with your heart. Go work, those people, they need you. (laughs) We're suffering to sleep and close our eyes because we have been abusing, they abused us. Because nobody cares. But it's time for the church (laughs) to stand. and for everyone to do God's call, what he has been called for to do. Because many people need you. You understand the scripture, you understand what God says, but most of them, they don't know about God. They don't know, they never hear, don't think they know just "Ah, there is God, but they don't know nothing of his goodness, Miracles how we can transform people they don't know. So what is your part in it? We must love. Do the job of God to do very well his work. This is the church is to world in what we inherited from Jesus Christ. (laughs) I want to thank you everyone here for his help. Nathan, Stefan for your time you spend with me in my, (laughs) in this difficult moment. And please, the gift that God gave to you, do it with your heart. And you don't have to stress or to be worried, because those people need you. And if you don't do nothing, they will continue. They will go into drugs, prostitution, all the bad things possible. But please, as a church, stand for those people, because we need you. <sighs> Thank you so much, Charman, for being my mom for this month. I wasn't a very good kid. <laughs> I'm still <Swiss. laughs> This um, is but I promise I love God. And thank you for the change and everyone.
9: Thanks, Silva. Um, I was thinking, who can follow Silva? <laughs> so, um, probably not the right person, but we've had a little bit of time to interact with Silva. Um, and, yeah, I think it's just been amazing. And one of the things that we've spoken about is um, just we've connected around running. And we both love to run. and. He's running quite a lot more than I am at the moment, but um, yesterday morning I went for a run in the rain. There weren't actually very many people running um, in Stellenbosch, but um, I run over and sometimes once or twice I've seen Silva running. So I was thinking as I was running, um, God just put Silva on my heart and I was thinking he might be the only other person who would be out here running in the pouring rain Um but yeah, it was interesting because God just put him on my heart and um, I know how much his passion is for playing football, um, playing soccer, um, but also just for surrendering his life to the Lord. So um, I think the message that he gave to me in the prayer that I was praying for Silva is that you would just have the strength to surrender your life to the Lord um, and really to to follow him wherever he will call you, even if it's not into um, football and into the dreams that you have. Um, and I think that message probably is for all of us. So thank you for sharing. And I think it's just reminded as he was talking about the, the many parts of, of one body and the unique gifts that we have um, and really the opportunity that all of us have to, as it says in Peter, to administer God's grace in its various forms. Um, so I think it's beautiful what we've seen. Um, I guess it's been here, but it just feels like it's maybe ratcheted up somehow in the last while. Just seeing the community and the family and the different um, elements of of this family coming together and supporting one another through lockdown, and then just in this phase where we're reconnecting. I think, yeah, it's it's been amazing. Um, and we've learned a lot from, from everyone. I think we've been leading a life group, which has turned out to be an amazing space as well. I don't know if we're really good leaders, um, but we've got good people, um, and we've felt the support. So, yeah, I didn't plan to, to share anything, um, but I just felt when, when Silva was speaking, it was interesting how. Yeah, I think we're coming into a space of also discovering, you know, when the when the Spirit speaks and responding to the Spirit, and uh-huh. <laughs> not coming from. We come from a very like reformed uh, background, <laughs> so it's, it's just amazing to see those connections and to hear them popping up everywhere, um, and and to see what I thought I was going to speak about was just to honor God for His provision. Um, in our work so we have shared some things about the work that we do in the past um, which is with a nonprofit in Stellenbosch working with children and investing in them and their families over the long term um, and God I think has given us a gift of or, or opportunity of sowing seeds but I think this year he's also said you know it's a time of, of harvest and of reaping the things that we have been sowing into the lives of people, and and so we've been seeing that God working in, in different ways, and and not always in ways that we plan. But I think it's it's just been a a great journey and a privilege to serve Him with the gifts that we have. And so I want to encourage all of us, um, as has been said, just to to step out um, in faith. And for us, it's been a privilege as a family. Myself and Kendra and having Sammy involved in, in the ministry as well. It's really great. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know what I'm rambling on about, but just for <laughs> for family and, and community and to praise God and to honor God for this community and and, and the different roles that we have. And, and um, yeah, not to single anyone out, but I will single you out, mildly, um just to... Um, honor you and your team for the hard work that you've done and um, just again reminding that that God is the way maker and I think what you guys have or what God has managed to accomplish through you with the hub and the vision that um, you're driving there just to create a way where there's no way um, in Stellenbosch um, and to put a place provide a place where people can I think, discover the love of God and, and the transformation that comes from that that's inspirational um, for us in the work that we're doing. And I think it's inspiring in this family as well. So thank you for that. And yeah, thanks to everyone in the family.
10: <laughs> Maddie, last one from Maddie. <laughs> then we <we're> going to stop. <laughs> thanks, bro. thanks, Oli. Yo. I always, it might be because it's cold, but I always shiver when I think I need to say something, but I, and I've worked up quite a sweat because I couldn't work out what I was meant to say, and I was going through my mind just shivering, but I, yeah, did a bit of reflection, and something came to mind that I guess I hadn't really fully processed until today, which is a blessing, because I get to share it with you guys, but sort of end of last year, my parents sort of sat me down and we had a conversation just about something that they hadn't shared with me for my protection from what happened when I was younger, just for something in our family. And it was a really hurtful thing that they shared that something had happened to us as a family and it had never been shared with me. And it was the first time I was confronted with just experiencing something or someone that I couldn't and didn't want to and couldn't forgive it was just something that had happened that I thought this this is unforgivable. This is not something that God would allow. Why? How do I do this? And it was impeccable timing because <laughs> the next day my grand passed away. So I didn't have time to process it. But then much later on in the year, just sat down and had this moment with God. With like, I can't forgive. That's not something I have the power to do. But you've obviously forgiven me. And there's grace that you give to us to forgive and and work through it with God, and was able to just release that and forgive. And there's something so powerful in working through forgiving someone or something that's done something big like that. Obviously, there's the small giving forgiveness, but when it's something big like that, you just the grace and the depth that's brought to my walk, just an understanding how much God has done for us and the forgiveness He's given us and extends to us and everyone so just an encouragement that if you are struggling to forgive or there's something really big that you've been wrestling with just ask God for that grace and the the fruit of forgiving is beautiful and something so special and it's not pleasant and it doesn't change what the person or the people have done but it's it's so good for you (laughs)
0: So we 're going to have more testimonies next week, but I just want to log one thing isn't look around and just look how ordinary everyone looks right you all very ordinary we're all a very ordinary bunch isn't it just incredibly extraordinary when you see behind the scenes of people 's lives and what people are carrying and what God is doing? I just want to remind us that God is at work in our communities God is at work in hearts and minds and families and it's i just couldn't not give praise to god today but next week we're going to have another whole week of testimonies so come prepared come short not like me and let's do testimonies do you want to yes we are doing baptisms we do, should we do baptisms right now yeah, yes. yeah. so let's do it um where's Zander? Sandre where's we're baptizing you and absolutely beautiful moment. And um, I don't know if there's anybody else who's the last minute. We normally have someone that says, I also want to get in. And, and d- that's wonderful. We'll baptize you too. But it's just a beautiful moment. Um, can we just, I know we've gone a little bit long, but could we just get you up and just as a community, actually just pray for you? Because baptism is not just a personal moment for you. It's actually scripture speaks about being baptized into into Christ and then into a, a body as well. And so you're getting baptized into one hope, so I, I don't mean to make you awkward. But can like your life group, guys in the life group, can you guys get up and let's get around him and let's just pray here and then we're going to take him and in the, in the pool there by the bush camp.